question for you. See, if you know, and if you know who either of these two men are, I really would like for you to raise your hand and you can uh, talk and tell us who they are. But uh, two men. The first was a man by the name of Sir Henry Cole. Any, anybody knows Sir Henry Cole? He had a friend, and uh, his friend's name was John Calcutt Horsley. Any, anybody know John Calcutt Horsley? Well, everybody in here knows what they did. More than likely, everybody in here has received something that they started or sent something that they started in 1843. Because in 1843, Sir Henry Cole, who was to England what the postmaster general head of the U.S. Postal Service would be to America, he thought that it would be a great idea to make money. No, he thought that it would be a great idea to be able to send Christmas cards. And so he, along with his friend who drew the card in 1843, started selling, sending, and giving Christmas cards away. Came across the Atlantic a few years later, and by the 1880s, it was a million plus being sent in the United States alone. Today, some two billion, two billion Christmas cards are sent. And I think they all come to 34 Tanner Cove. We get our fair share, and we send. Today, I want us to talk about a Christmas card. A Christmas card. As we are continuing our study series on the gifts of Christmas, we see a Christmas card. It's not the first Christmas card that was ever given, but it is a very important Christmas card. If you have a copy of God's Word, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 9. We are going to look at the first few verses in Isaiah chapter 9, and we're going to see this Christmas card. This Christmas card that was sent. I don't know about you, but uh, when it starts to have the leaves changing of color and the season changes from summer to fall. There is something that goes off in my wife that says, all right, we've got to have a picture made. We've got to have a picture made. We've got to get the uh, card ready. We've got to figure out what it's going to be. And we've got to get ready. And I'm like, oh, we've got plenty of time. It's only September. And she says, oh, we've got to get get." I was like, oh, we got plenty of time. It's, it's just now about to be October. Oh, we got plenty of time. It's just now November. Oh, my stars. It is the 20th of December. We have got to get this going. That's how it goes at my house pretty much every single year. And this year, I didn't even have to go for the picture. And I was like, oh, oh my land. What has happened? This is great. And then I saw the picture, and I saw the card, and I was like, man, I should have got off the couch and went. It's a great card. Maybe that's why it was great. I wasn't in it. But 
you and I might send our Christmas cards the end of November, the first week of December. We might send our Christmas cards December the 20th. Maybe we get it by December the 24th. We have some friends in North Carolina. Actually, they just moved. They, they're now in Florida. And they send out a letter at the end of the year. And it doesn't get to us till like January the 1st or the 2nd to talk about the year previous. And, and, and maybe that's how you send out or that's when you send. That's not when God sent a Christmas card. In Isaiah chapter 9, we see a Christmas card being sent out, being proclaimed by the prophet Isaiah to the children of Israel some 600, yea, 700 years before the coming of the king. Before the birth of the baby, here is this Christmas card. Read with me. I'll read it aloud. You follow along either on the screen or with your copy of God's Word as I read Isaiah chapter 9, starting in verse 1. But there will be no gloom. There there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he brought in contempt the land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea. The land beyond the Jordan. Galilee of the nations. Listen to verse 2. The people. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness. On them has light shone. You have multiplied the nations. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest. As they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder. The rod of his oppressor. You have broken as on the day of Midian. Verse 5. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of His government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over His kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Heavenly Father, I bow before you. And Father, it is by your zeal, it is for your zeal that you took action, that you did this glorious thing. That, that not only did you send, oh Father, that you didn't just send a Christmas card, but Father, you sent your Son. 
Sure, you, you proclaimed his coming, but then, Father, you came. God, I pray that as we are in the middle of Christmas 2015, Father, we have made plans to visit friends and family. We have set out on our weekly calendar this week where we will be and what we will be doing, when we'll open this gift or that gift, when we will give these things to these people and who's coming into town or, Father, where we're going out of town to. Father, you have continued to be faithful. You have continued to to give us these reminders, yes, of things that happened some 2,000 years ago, but, Father, the reminder is still there that Emmanuel has come. God with us has come. Father, for these next few moments, I pray. I pray that this would sink in to my life. It would sink in to the men and women that are in this place. I ask it in Christ's name. Amen. I want you to see two sides of this card that we see in Isaiah chapter 9. The the first side of the card is this, that the Christmas card was portraying the Christ child in the best light. The, The Christmas card that God sent, that God gave, that He proclaimed through the prophet Isaiah, it was portraying the Christ child. It was portraying the baby Jesus in the best light. You see it there in verse number 2. Isaiah writes about it and he states this. says, the people, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. The people who dwelt in a land of deep darkness On them light has shone. This Christmas card was pinned to the children of Israel. It was pinned to the Jews that they might remember the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And they might come back to Him with everything that is in them, with every fiber of their being. It was written to them and it was written also to the nation so that those of us who were not of the Jewish descent physically might come to know him and come to be in the Jewish descent or in Abraham spiritually by coming to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. God sends Isaiah to proclaim of Jesus' birth, to let everyone know of His coming. And He proclaimed it hundreds of years before. Why? He proclaimed it a hundred and hundreds and hundreds of years before because that generation 
just like your generation, just like my generation, needs to know that there is hope, needs to know that there's an answer for the chaos, needs to know that even in the midst of the darkness that we are living in from Monday through Sunday, that there is a light, and that light is Jesus, and He's coming, and He has come. And so there was a proclamation. There was this Christmas card that was given. The people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. That right there might have been your week this past week. That right there, you in the midst of darkness, dwelling in a land full of darkness, they have seen a great light, and a great light has shone on them. And this card pictures him in his best light. This coming, the salvation, one author stated it this way, the salvation being talked about here has to do with light. The ultimate light, the people who are walking in this darkness, they've seen this light, that phrase, deep darkness, is a kind of unusual compound. It's an unusual compound word that's been created by Isaiah. It is found here. It literally means a deep shadow. Those living in a deep shadow. It takes the idea of darkness and the idea of death and it brings them together. And Isaiah is saying, you know what? You don't think that you have any hope, Israel. You don't think that there's, I mean, the the guy on the throne is doing all kinds of treacherous things. He's allowing you, he's making you to bow down to this idol and that idol. There is deep darkness coming from Jerusalem. There is deep darkness throughout Galilee. There is deep darkness in all the countries surrounding us. But I'm telling you, there's a light. And that light has shown and that light is coming as verse 5 and verse 6 show us. In an Advent post of years gone by, a man by the name of Charles Wesley, he was a preacher in the Great Awakening in England and also here, he penned these words about this passage. To us, a child of royal birth, heir of the promises is given. The invisible appears on earth. The the Son of Man, the God of heaven, a Savior born in love supreme. He comes, our fallen should to raise. He comes, His people, to redeem with all His plenitude of grace. The Christ by raptured seers foretold, filled with the eternal Spirit's power, prophet and priest and king, behold, and Lord of all the worlds adore. First of all, you and I need to see that in this Christmas card, this side of the Christmas card, it is portraying Christ, this child that is given 
to be the light of the world. We saw it in the last two weeks out of John's Gospel in John chapter 1 where he stated that he was in the beginning, the Word was in the beginning, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He created all things, and He was the light of men. And what Isaiah is trying to get across, and what I'm trying to get across to you, and what I'm trying to get across to me, and to those in our day is this. If you would ever see Him for who He is, Really? I mean, if you would ever see Jesus for who He truly is, there would only be one of three responses. There wouldn't be this response that happens in our culture and in our world and in our city and, yea, even in our homes today. That we'll just keep Him beside us that we like it, that we like Him, that would never come across our minds. Because if we saw Him for who He is, just as those in Matthew, just as those in Mark, those in Luke, those in John that walked with Him, that saw Him, that heard Him, one of three things, they either hated Him, They either thought that he was crazy or they adored him. But every person that came in contact with Jesus left changed. When you come in contact with him, this Christmas, when you come in contact with him and you open his word, do you leave that time changed? Or was that just some red ink on a white page or black ink on a white page and you've finished your time and you go about your day? Because if that happens, and that's happened with me, but when that happens, you and I really have not encountered Jesus. Because if we encounter Him, we leave changed. Verse 5 and 6 state this as we are coming to a very quickly to the second side of the card. But before we get there, it states this, For every boot of the tramping warrior in the battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born and to us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. These terms given to this one, given to this baby, Wonderful Counselor, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Mighty God, these terms are given and they are read and they're understood Hopefully. Take the one there, wonderful counselor. The word wonderful literally means beautiful, that he is a beautiful counselor. He is the ultimate in beauty. 
you wouldn't just obey him because you have to, because he's God. But if you see him for who he is, you would adore and you would long to obey the wisdom and the counsel of this one who is beautiful counsel, wonderful counsel. He is himself beautiful. He is the Prince of Peace. Everywhere there is pain, everywhere there is destruction, there's chaos, there's hurt, there's hurt, there's strife, there's stress, death, injustice, persecution, all of those things you find yourselves walking in, living in, reading about, looking at, seeing all the chaos. And you say, how in the world can there be peace? He is the one who brings it. He is the Prince of Peace. Of peace, And whether it is on the outside, all of those adjectives about and describing the time that you live in, inside, He is peace and He gives you Himself. This Christmas card portrays Him in the best light, but this Christmas card also reminds a people about this promise that has already been made. This card was sent some 700 years and it wasn't the first. We, I told you that. If you were here Wednesday night, we read about and we talked about some others of those Christmas cards. We went all the way back and we talked about uh, Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 in the Garden of Eden right after there was sin that God promised there would be a child. Seed of Eve. A descendant there and there would be a child who would bruise the serpent's head and he would bruise the serpent's excuse me he would bruise the serpent's head and the serpent would bruise his heel and that was the first promise and after that there is a picture in Genesis chapter 22 and after that there is a picture in Exodus there's a picture in Leviticus there's a picture throughout the whole of the old testament in Deuteronomy and Joshua first and second Samuel with the king coming With David and there being one in his lineage that was before him, that comes after him. Book after book. Incident after incident. Cards are going out in the mail. They're going out in the mail to the Jews. They're going out in the mail to the Gentiles. That there is one coming. And he is coming even now. You and I must get this. If we don't get anything else, if you don't get anything else, get this statement. The promised one who was seen through these cards, the promised one, was sent so that you and I might remember a God in heaven who loves you and loves me, a God in heaven who rules and reigns in splendor and majesty and might. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And Isaiah finishes the card, and he says this, Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. And on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it, to uphold it with justice 
and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. And the zeal of the Lord has brought this about. And you say, what is this all looking forward to? And here's what it's all looking forward to. If you turn to Revelation chapter 4 and you turn to Revelation chapter 22, you see something. You see a throne room. You see a setting where the, the curtains that are veiling heaven are being pulled back and you see what is taking place. And here's what it states. The end of the book, the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let the one, in Revelation chapter 22, verse 17, and let the one who hears say, Come. And let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires to take the water of life without price I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in this book. And he testifies to these things. Those who, and he who testifies to these things says, Surely, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Quickly come. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you all. Amen. This card in Isaiah, these cards from Genesis all the way through the Revelation are speaking of His coming. And they are to remind you and they are to remind me of days in the past, of days that are present, and days out into the future of His coming. So that in the midst of your life, when you go to the mailbox one afternoon and you see this envelope and it's got a neatly written name of a family or a friend, and you open that up and you see this card about where they are, and you can put it by the one that you got last year, and you can put it by the one that you got the year before that, and you can see how they're growing and what's happening in their lives. God has given you and He's given me Christmas card after Christmas card after Christmas card to see what He's done, to see what He's doing, and to see what He will do for you and for me. Heavenly Father, as we come, thank you for the reminder Thank you for this Christmas card that you gave, that you sent, Lord, that your messenger, your prophet, wrote, God, we're so grateful that he came. Lord, as the kids reminded us this morning, he came as a baby. But Father, may we also be reminded that He came with one purpose in mind, and that was to die. Father, there are men and there are women in this place that are holding You at arm's length. Father, that have never accepted You as Savior and Lord, and Your desire is that they know You. Your desire is that we all 
would adore you. That we would see you as you are, high and lifted up. We would see you as the the prophet, the priest, the king, our Lord and our Savior. Father, I pray. Oh God, I pray. That your word would go forth. Father, that you would speak to our hearts. Show me, show us this morning, this Christmas garden. Father, as your spirit shows, Father, may it be crystal clear all that you've done for each of us. The time of response is for you. It's for you to respond back to our Father for everything that He's done, for everything, for all that He is. It's also a time for us to prepare our hearts because in a moment we'll partake of the Lord's Supper as we remember that aspect of His coming and the reason of His coming. So as we stand and as we sing, you respond.